Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. When asked to name his favorite family members, he asks if the animals in the barn count. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Josh Scramlin. Hey, happy Wednesday to you. It's March 24th, 2021, and today is actually the day that Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation's Ag Day at the Capitol is taking place. And even though things are looking quite different this year because it's going to be a virtual event, the conversations between lawmakers and producers are still going to be a huge component of the event. So I hope that a bunch of you listening are going to partake in it. We'll have a full recap tomorrow with Karen Geffert from Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Pam Yonke's got an update with the Wisconsin Beef Council coming your way and also the largest producer-only farmers market in the entire U.S., which is right here in Wisconsin, has made an announcement that I want to share with you in a little bit. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. Attorney advisement from Longo Legal PLLC. Attention farmers. Recent studies have linked the commercial herbicide Paraquat with a significant increase in Parkinson's disease. If you or a loved one were exposed to Gramoxone or any other Paraquat-containing herbicides at work or on a farm and then developed Parkinson's disease, you may be entitled to financial compensation, and you have the right to take action. Call Longo Legal today for a free consultation. 844-900-DRUG. That's 844-900-DRUG. Non-attorney spokesperson. Keeping Wisconsin strong. As the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin, Rural Mutual Insurance is rewarding their farm policyholders for their loyalty and commitment to Wisconsin agriculture through their farm dividend program. The farm dividend pays up to 5% back on your farm premium. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn how you could qualify. Rural Mutual Insurance. Keeping Wisconsin strong. Whose crystal ball do we look in? Ag economists, of course, are trying to give farmers the best advice as far as what's ahead with crop prices and uh, commodity situations. And uh, Josh, Pam had a chance to talk to one of the real respected people in that area recently. Yes, she did. Bob Josh Scramlin here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. His name is Dan Bozzi, and he is the president of Ag Resource Company in Chicago. And he was recently in Wisconsin at the Professional Dairy Producers of Wisconsin Business Conference, where our Pam Yonke caught up with him. And they just talked about how difficult it was to believe that it's been over a year since COVID-19 began impacting not just agriculture, but the world. And what can we expect going forward? What's actually been strange, so, so conferences get canceled and we don't meet, but the, the, the virtual world just was yeah. turned on a dime. And so instead of doing meetings, I was doing seven or ten Zooms and Teams uh, meetings a day. Uh, we were being contacted by various exchanges and organizations to help fill in. And so actually, strangely, we did more business than if we were speaking because I could do three speeches in a day rather than flying four days to Turkey and then coming back or maybe somewhere in Africa. So we have become very, very busy in terms of virtual conferences. I hope we get back to normal. I like people much better. Well, that's what I was going to ask you, though. Now that we know this, we can work remotely. 
What is that going to do as far as agribusiness, not just agribusiness, but all business? Well, every time I go to the USDA, I have the same complaint. We need more bandwidth in rural America. It is that simple. We learned from this pandemic that as you go out to rural America, we just do not have the bandwidth. And I tell USDA, we, when 5G comes along and all the other things that need to happen, I want them to put a tower maybe in Bettendorf, Iowa, along with Chicago, Illinois, and then, you know, one and one so that we get into this technological world because rural America, as it needed to get along with the, the, the virtual meetings and everything that was happening in schools, we just didn't have enough there. And so I hope this is a lesson to USDA and others that we need to really step up technology to rural America. I know that you're a student of history, so let's talk a little bit about your observations. Uh, spring of 2020 was particularly interesting. All of a sudden, our meat processing systems collapsed. We saw that a lot of dairy processing collapsed. You know, if you are a student of history, what did you take away from that? What did you compare it to? Give me a little idea on, as an ag economist, what you were noting. Well, there's really nothing to compare it to because never before, we, we've had strikes, which would shut down a plant, but management was well aware of it and it never happened. But to shut plants down when COVID struck a meatpacking plant was highly unusual. And so I can't think back of something else historically that was similar to that. Uh, nonetheless, uh, you know, I think we now look at the kill floors and look at the processing lines and say, okay, you know, we shouldn't have people stacked on top of themselves with, with deboning knives. And so, you know, increasingly my packing client are looking towards mechanization of different things within the line to help them to the future. But relying on people in that industry was something that didn't work as well as it probably should have. And so I think there's risk there anyway of, the, of, of that going forward. Um, you know, I, I, as I think about the learning episodes of pandemic, we are probably going to have a few key meetings a year that we will go to. I don't think my travel schedule will be as busy because I think people now understand that information can be gathered to the same by not having meetings but maybe doing it virtually. So it's going to be a combination of all of this above. But uh, getting back to agriculture, broadband and, and more bandwidth is something we all have to have. You know, the thing that I noticed is when shelves started going empty, when people started seeing milk being dumped, but I can't get more than a gallon, an appreciation for their food escalated. Um, is that still something that we can factor into the market? Is it creating new opportunities that we otherwise wouldn't have seen, Dan? I think the local consumer, as we look at the data, is, 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 is when you, everybody wants to buy local now. They want to treat their local producer better than they did before. And they understand the food system, I think, a little more broadly. Um, the choke point, of course, being not so much at the farm, but being, as you say, at the processor. And so this is something that they're looking at. And I get calls uh, in Chicago from organizations, and they all want to buy dairy products locally. There's not a lot of creameries and a lot of other things nearby here. But this is the theme and thesis that we're going to get away from the behemoths and probably dial it down to more localized production so that there's not just five or six packers that kill all the animals. Uh, we need to have more uh, uh, spacing, if you will, of that mechanization. But with that will come costs to the consumer. The good news is we look at U.S. food prices relative to disposable income. It's only about 6%. So if I look at other countries that are in the 12 to 14% range, consumers can still step up if they want to buy local and pay more. So with all the volatility we saw in 2020, a lot of farmers didn't know whether they were going uh, forward or backward or just standing still. And the influx of federal government monies uh, kind of put on rose-colored glasses in, uh, to a certain extent. Give me your projections. What do you see developing now in 2021? And maybe cautionary words on what to be mindful of. Well, we're not going to be running to our mailbox as much as we used to for those checks uh, because those checks won't be coming as frequently. 
we will, according to the USDA, get still about 20 or $21 billion of assistance. And I think that will come down more to a regular, oh, let's call it 9 or $12 million billion somewhere as we look to 2022 and beyond. So we as American farmers have to rely more on the markets and more on regularity. I do think that the Biden administration will still look favorably at the Farmers for Food Box program that's being talked about now. We think maybe that'll come back. I think you'll include maybe cheese and butter in this box. Um, but uh, I, I do believe that we need to get off the sugar high of government aid and get on to more of the market aid of what is the opportunities are there. Uh, in saying that, I think it's relatively bright. Assuming our friends in China continue to buy as they are, 27 billion last year, we're looking at 43 billion this year. If we can do another phase two of the phase one, I get very optimistic for American agriculture. Probably the biggest thing we need to do in the year ahead from a policy perspective is to get that second year of the agreement signed next January or February, somewhere in that time frame. Tell me what you hear in China, because, again, we all know African swine fever devastated a, a big part of their uh, pork production, and they depend a lot on pork. Uh, animals need feed. What are you hearing from China? Are they building their own infrastructure to be able to walk from a lot of these world markets? Well, I, you know, the Chinese always want to be self-sufficient, but they, they, they learned a long time ago, like in a crop like soybeans, which is very water intensive and also now corn, that they're probably not going to be there. So the Chinese have, uh, have banned f food waste within hog feed, 30 million metric tons, and this has caused them to move to the corn market and buy substantial amounts. We think China will buy 30 to 40 million tons of corn annually, which takes another 10 or 12 million acres globally to feed that, uh, to feed that extra demand. That being said, as you think about the Chinese, I, I just think as their standards of living are increasing, they will always be a customer for U.S. ag goods. Now, uh, policy and politics play big into this, as we saw within the Trump administration. I know people like to bash the Chinese. It's popular in Washington here today. But for American agriculture, they are our friends taking the largest amount of goods of any importing country. And if we make it up to $43 billion this year, as I expect, it's going to have a tremendous impact, not only on dairy, but beef and, and other species. You know, people don't realize this, but within the last 18 months, China has become the world's largest beef importer. They didn't like to use beef. But as COVID struck within China and we had ASF for pork that took their hog numbers down, they were forced to reach out to other proteins. Today, if you talk to the Chinese, they prefer U.S. beef. And so it's going to be something that will be more regularly served on their tables. And what about their diet relative to dairy? Well, on dairy, it's improving dramatically, too. They're also trying to expand their dairy herds, obviously, which is going on. But as you think about the Chinese, I mean, it's more of a powder market. Right now, the Chinese are taking tremendous amount of whey to feed their piglets, and I don't see that changing. In fact, we think uh, whey prices could still rally another 25 or 30 percent because of Chinese demand. So that will be ingrained and keep that going. But I do believe, as you get the, the Chinese coming back, they will have more of a, a palate, if you will, for cheese and, to a lesser degree, fluid milk. So you are bullish 2021 for dairy. I am bullish on the prospects of export demand. When we talk about dairy, we still have the problem of U.S. dairymen are producing too much milk. And are there any new products out there? Are there uh, new markets we're not paying attention to because of all eyes on China? Well, there's always new markets, but there's no one that can replace the volume or size of the Chinese. So we can look at a Vietnam or a Cambodia or some of the other countries, but it's going to take 10 or 15 years to get there. For American dairy farmers, that's a long time. So I would focus on China today, let the export industry do its work, but in a general sense, don't, I don't see any big new markets other than China coming forward. You make a good point about we do our job so well, we end up with an awful lot of milk. 
in light of the pandemic and, and movement of milk, there have been supply management plans put in place, uh, not by order or regulation, but by companies. Uh, do you see that kind of practice continuing just to make sure that we are not getting too carried away on milk production? It all depends on our export demand profile. Obviously, domestic uh, dairy consumption is rising record levels when measured on all products. But when I look overseas, we really need to have a bump up, if you will, on the export side of things. If China comes through and takes more milk, I am optimistic for the dairy industry, and especially as we look for the fourth quarter of next year, <clears throat> the problem with dairy farmers is as soon as they see a price that's profitable, they add another 100 cows, and this has been the dilemma going back for the past two decades. Yes, indeed. He speaks the truth. Dan Bossy, along with us, ag economist and keynote speaker at the Professional Dairy Producers of Wisconsin Annual Business Conference in Wisconsin Dells. And don't forget, a frequent guest on PDPW's weekly Dairy Signals. Find that online, pdpw.org. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. What weather is in store for the Midwest today? Stay tuned as ag meteorologist Stu Muck gives you the latest forecast in just moments, right here on the Midwest Farm Report. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection, a name you can trust when service is a must. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection is here 24 hours a day, seven days a week for all your residential and commercial plumbing services. From installation, repairs, and maintenance to complete sewer and drain cleaning, we've got you covered. Visit MononaPFP.com. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection, a name you can trust when service is a must. The Madison Police Department and Madison Area Crime Stoppers need your help regarding an attempted homicide that occurred one year ago. On January 29, 2020, a mother and her two young children were brutally attacked by an unknown gunman in the 2700 block of Dahl Street. It is presumed that the gunman followed the victims from their residence located in Kennedy Heights Apartments. While traveling in the 2700 block of Dahl Street, the car in which the gunman was riding cut the victim off, forcing their car to stop. The gunman then exited the car and fired multiple rounds into the car that the victim and her two young children were traveling in. The mother and a child sustained injuries related to the gunfire. Madison Police Department's Violent Crime Unit is reaching out to the public in hopes that someone has more information about this senseless act of gun violence. Please visit MadisonAreCrimeStoppers.org or Madison Area Crime Stoppers Facebook page for additional photos and video of the suspects. If you have any information regarding this incident, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can remain anonymous and may be eligible for a cash reward. He can smell fried cheese curds from 15 miles away. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Josh Scramlin. It is time now for your copier financial ag weather update with ag meteorologist Stu Muck. So, Stu, we were talking before we went on air. I, I know we got some rain here in Madison because I heard it while I was sleeping. We even got some before I went to bed. But uh, it sounds like kind of uh, a lot of places all around the state got some sprinkles. Got some sprinkles, some rain. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the airport in Madison are officially saying 72 hundredths of an inch. The cross a little on the lower side, 27 hundredths of an inch. Now, you get over here in the Fond du Lac area, 97 hundredths of an inch at the airport. Uh, myself and my friend John, just the least to hear six, seven miles an inch and two tenths. And over on Bannon near the Sheboygan County line, only 38 hundredths of an inch. And there are some other reports, Neshkoa and Marquette County, 82 hundredths of an inch. Viroqua, 54 hundredths of an inch. Reedsburg, six tenths. So the rain was uh, a little varied, but we've had some rainfall. Still some rain to talk about today. 
tapering off, though, in the southeast, still holding on in the west and in northwestern parts of Wisconsin. Low pressure has been pushing up toward northeast Iowa, will cross into northwest Wisconsin today, eventually bringing rain to an end. It's not going to uh, amount to a whole lot yet today. For most of us, if we see an additional tenth of an inch, that's about all there would be today. And then that system is going to pull away. Things quiet down just for a short time. We dry it out a little bit and it does cool off. There'll be another low to edge in from the west. And this next system, I think, may have more effect as we look on toward later Friday and Friday night. Should mention a weak cool front just pulling through may even late tomorrow or tomorrow night lead to a little light rain or a few stray snowflakes. In fact, you look at Beaver Dam and Madison, there may be a little snow in the air just early Thursday. And otherwise, I expect we dry it out then at least for a short time. Temperatures, although they cool off, do their best to stick around normal for the end of the week and will be a little above normal even on into next week. Back up into the 50s where we should be in the upper 40s right now. Doesn't sound too bad at all as we move on toward the end of this month of March. I'll have forecast details right after this. Johnson Tractor from land to lawn. Registration for Johnson Tractor's planter clinic is going on now. This clinic is catered to your situation based on your Case IH or Kimsey planner. Take classes on your own time and have access in the field once planning starts. Complete your class by March 31st and earn a reward on your next parts purchase. Look for the registration link at johnsontractor.com. Johnson Tractor from land to lawn. Everyone at the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board lives and breathes Wisconsin soybeans and can be your knowledgeable ally in the field and at home. With important grower alerts, timely production advice and industry news, and expert-generated grower research, we are the resource to help your crop and business thrive. Stay in the know and connect with the Wisconsin Soybean community by finding Badger Bean on Facebook or by visiting badgerbean.com. It's Josh Scramlin for the Midwest Farm Report. You're right in the middle of the Compier Financial Ag Weather Update. Looking at some current conditions, 50 and cloudy in Mauston. It's 46 and cloudy in Oshkosh. Stu, does that kind of seem to be what we're seeing all around the state? That's about it, yeah. And especially here in this southern half of the state, uh, very upper 40s and right around 50 or so. But some light rain continues. And expect cloudy skies today. Some light rain. New rain amounts, a tenth of an inch or less. That's all I'd really expect today. And along with the clouds, we hold in the low 50s. The south winds, 10 to 20, even gusting to 30, so still kind of brisk out there for today. The rain will end for a time tonight. We stay mostly cloudy, drop to the mid-30s. The west winds, 5 to 15, gusting to 30, diminish in the night. I mean, only around 5 to 10 as we head toward early tomorrow. But Thursday, a weak little front drops through out of the northwest. Expect a most cloudy day and later in the afternoon a bit of very light rain may be a possibility temps in the mid and upper 40s the northwest winds at five that rain ending through thursday night could still be a snowflake or two in southeast wisconsin early friday but skies become mostly sunny friday low 50s north winds become west around five and the better news is we stick with those 50s into the weekend but friday night and saturday another round of light rain could build in 
maybe another tenth of an inch or so Friday night, Saturday, just keep it a bit damp to get the weekend underway. Much more mild air, Josh. I'm looking upper 50s, maybe a 60 here into the early part of next week. Okay, my ears perked up when you said 60. We'll take that. (laughs) What, got you thinking about golfing or something? (laughs) Something. Something outside. Something. Okay. (laughs) All right, well, Stu, same time, same place tomorrow. We'll catch up then, okay? We'll do it then. Take care. All right. Yep. Later, Stu. That is Ag Meteorologist Stu Muck, and that's your Copier Financial Ag Weather Update. Copier Financial is your financial partner committed to agriculture and rural America. You can visit com for more details. Let's go ahead and take a look at some of your current temps. I know we just did a few there a second ago. Looks as though we're seeing 50s and mild conditions all around the state. It's 46 and cloudy in Wausau. It's 48 and cloudy in Green Bay. It's 52 and cloudy in La Crosse and 46. And you're seeing some rain in Eau Claire. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Now that the weather is finally getting warmer, it's time to gear up for spring and get started on those projects you've been thinking about all winter. Blaine's Farm and Fleet has all the supplies you'll need to get the job done right and keep your animals fed. Like 48-ounce bags of KT Small Animal Timothy Hay, just two for 12 bucks. Save $2 on select Safe Choice Horse Feed. Stock up on Premier Red Cedar Bedding, a 5-cubic-foot bag, just $5.99. And make sure your fence line is in tip-top shape with 6-foot red-top T-posts from Chicago Heights Steel. On sale, $5.29. Plus, check out these great doorbuster deals. Krylon Farm and Implement Paints, now 10% off. Save $3 on 24 to 50 pound bags of Purina Pro Plan dog food. And keep your feathered friends happy with Farm and Fleet Wild Bird Food. Two 20 pound bags of wild bird food, just 11 bucks. Press for time? Use our drive through service and leave the heavy lifting to us. We'll have you loaded up and on your way in no time. That's genuine value from Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. As a proud sponsor of the WIAA, Rural Mutual roots for all of Wisconsin student-athletes. Whether they're a hometown hero or they dream of the national spotlight, sportsmanship keeps Wisconsin strong. Visit RuralMutual.com slash WIAA to learn more about how they support high school athletics. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's a grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for money-saving member benefits, like savings on select cat equipment and more. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. The past year has been tough for our kids, but one thing is certain. They have strong hearts and resilient spirits. Try for Schools is looking for volunteers to help support kids as they put those spirits to the test at the Wanakee Family Trail Run on Saturday, May 15th. For more information on volunteering, go to tryforschools.org. T-R-I, the number four, schools.org. Try for Schools, bringing out the champion in every kid. Sponsored by Smart Motors and Midwest Family Marketing. Is your biggest fear of having dermal filler in the face looking overdone? You are not alone. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. 
Dermal filler treatments at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie restore fullness and fill in wrinkles in areas of the face, such as the cheeks, under eyes, lips, and around the mouth. It's very difficult to look overdone with non-surgical dermal fillers due to the amount that's typically injected. Did you know that one syringe of filler equals one-fifth of a teaspoon? One fast food ketchup packet is equivalent to eight syringes. As long as your treatment is performed by a skilled medical professional, you should have the natural-looking results you desire. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. You're well aware of these gigantic mortgage companies that make it seem as though they can do everything for you rather quickly, when in fact, you end up in a call center where everything is cumbersome and expensive. Learn about our local process at educatedmortgage.com. Educated Mortgage, the smartest way home. Call Dan, the mortgage man. NMLS number 222652. Who better to taste test your dirt than a worm? <laughs> Tastes like grit. Say what? Grit. I said grit. At Kalani Topsoil, you'll always find the perfect blend. Our soils are mixed specifically for your lawn, garden, or landscape application. You'll love it without having to taste it yourself. Take it from a worm. Trust the guys who know good dirt. Kalani Topsoil. Now that's good dirt. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection, a name you can trust when service is a must. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection is here 24 hours a day, 7 days a week for all your residential and commercial plumbing services. From installation, repairs, and maintenance to complete sewer and drain cleaning, we've got you covered. Visit MononaPFP.com. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection, a name you can trust when service is a must. Speaking of the Bucks, my God, a throttling last night by the deer. No, Giannis Adendakumbo, no problem, as they just dominate the Pacers. Now, the Pacers aren't really the greatest, but how does it feel to know that uh, the Bucks, like Drew Holiday leading the way and then Chris Middleton second? How about that, baby? You love to see it. That, that I think, is the ideal version of the Bucks. right? Is everybody shoots the lights out and Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday are able to to compete a little bit, or not compete, but able to create, I should say, and kind of make some offense for themselves. And then Giannis slides back in, and he's got all these shooters and, and strong offensive players around him. And, yeah, the Pacers aren't excellent, but they're, you know, a middle-of-the-pack Eastern Conference team. The Bucks are probably going to have to beat a team like Indiana in the postseason at some point. Last year, the Heat were that team, right? Now, the Heat got really hot, but they were a middle-of-the-pack Eastern Conference team that the Bucks got handled by, like very similar to, you know, Oregon, handling Iowa yesterday. You have to be able to beat the middle-of-the-road teams, and it's a good sign that the Bucks can do without Giannis. It was really fun to watch. And then you get the garbage time minutes at the end with Sam Merrill and Diakite, and that's just that's just good fun Tuesday or Monday night NBA basketball. I almost forgot what, what day. The March Madness being on Monday yesterday really threw me off. Yeah, it lie. definitely threw us for a loop, too, but it was nice to have all kinds of basketball uh, on the boob tube on a Monday, especially meaningful ones like the March Madness. <laughs> so Grant, yeah. I'm also looking here at your uh, Twitter account at Wisco Grant. What a what a follow, by the way, hell of a follow. Uh, looks like my guy was uh, popping some wood, some woodies last night. He's got a Ron Swanson gift saying that gave that saying that gave me a semi. Uh, I, I would assume that would be pitching a tent. 
And that would be the Celtics losing in overtime to a team on a 10-game losing streak. How about that, Grant Bills? Okay, well, here's the thing, though, and I'm glad you brought that up because it actually relates to the Bucks. The Bucks last night beat the Pacers without Giannis. Yes. Right now, the Celtics were playing without Jason Tatum, and they couldn't handle the measly Memphis Grizzlies, who had lost 10 in a row. So it's not always a given, right, even without your best player, that you can handle a middle-of-the-pack team. I just love watching the Celtics lose. It was just a great, great way to wrap up my night last night, especially after losing you know, a couple more of my beloved Big Ten teams. It was a rough weekend for that. So it was nice to see a team that I just really – I just despise. I really love watching the Celtics lose, and, and I watched that game after the Bucks, and then I just went to bed with a huge smile on my face, knowing that the first person I would talk to this morning was you. So but my oh. last 24 hours, I've really been killing it. Whoa, Grant Bills just making my heart smile. Look at that. So, Grant, um, something that um, maybe I think we all frowned a little bit on was this Badger season uh, as a yeah. whole, just a transition here. And Good how segue. are you... I was on your highly acclaimed and just juggernaut of a show, the Wisco Sports Show, last night at 5.30, so thank you for having me on. It was a privilege. But, Grant, and you would ask me about the Badgers and the Big Ten. What is your final say in this Badgers season and now that it is over? And you know, you're still at peace with it, yes? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I feel like we knew how this was going to end for a long time. We just kind of had this team figured out. Like there, there was nothing left to surprise us about this team. They lost to every good team that they played. And it was, it was fun. Honestly, I'm thankful that they got that, that win against North Carolina. Like with some of my teams, like the Bucks or the Packers, right? Like I, I want a championship and anything short of that is a bummer. With the Badgers, that wasn't my expectation. So you know what? I'll always fondly remember the night where Brad Davidson went off for 30 and stuck it to the haters and they took down Roy Williams just because. And then, of course, they lost, you know, two days later to an amazing Baylor team. But with this Badgers team, I'm kind of at peace with it. You know, they got a tournament win, which is more than Marquette can say in a long, long time. (laughs) And it was kind of a nice way to send off some of those seniors if they elect to not come back. I I don't know. It was a very frustrating season. They, They just couldn't put it all together. They'd have good moments. And they'd have good performances, but they would never stack success. Like, th- just in the tournament's a great example, Evo. And I talked to you about It's this all about last stacking night. success. That's a Mike McCarthy yeah. uh, saying, by the way. Yes, stacking success, the highly successful NFL coach. Thank you. On Friday, the guards played really, really well, and the forwards weren't that great. And then on sa- uh, Sunday, the guards miss every shot they take, and the forwards actually played okay. And that's just like the 2020 Badgers in a nutshell. Like, they'll do good things here and there, but never stacking success, like you said. And you got to stack success. That's what it's all about, Grant Bills. You really do. <laughs> so, Grant, uh, Demetri Trice, Nate Reavers, and Aleem Ford all took to social media yesterday to announce that they are not coming back. Uh, it's assumed that Micah Potter is not, but he has not said anything. And same as Trevor – well, people thought Trevor Anderson would possibly be coming back. He has not said anything. Uh, but Brad Davison had kind of a cryptic Instagram post saying, Badger faithful – uh, we are thankful for you. Being a Badger is a privilege. So would you like to see any of these players come back or just Brad Davison? Like anyone you would like to see come back? Or, hey, I know you're from lacrosse, Grant. Or is it time for Jonathan Davis to do his thing? First of all, Evo, I believe in Jonathan Davis to an extent that I know the return of Brad Davison will not impact or slow down the meteoric rise of Jonathan Davis next year. He can smell fried cheese curds from 15 miles away. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Josh Scramlin. We'll get to your agribusiness news in just a moment, but first let's take a look at what happened on this day in history. It was on March 24th, 1989, that the Exxon Valdez crashed 
and caused one of the worst oil spills in history. So the Exxon Valdez was the name of the super tanker that was owned and operated by the Exxon Corporation. It hit a reef in Prince William Sound in southern Alaska, and an estimated 11 million gallons of oil eventually spilled into the water. To make matters worse, it was later revealed that Joseph Hazelwood, the captain of the Valdez, was drinking at the time of the accident and allowed an uncertified officer to steer the massive vessel. So that happened back on this day in 1989. And now let's change gears again. My name is Josh Scramblin. Right now I'm sitting behind the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk taking a look at what is happening in your world on a Wednesday. Let's get an update on the nation's largest producer-only farmer's market, which is right here in Wisconsin. The Dane County Farmers Market has announced what their initial plans are when the weather gets nicer and we get into farmers market season. With that, I'm going to bring in Sarah Elliott. She is the market manager for the Dane County Farmers Market. So, Sarah, you guys made some announcements not all too long ago, and it's a sure sign of spring because that means that farmers markets are not too far away. So what can you tell us? Well, like so many businesses, we've been in this kind of constant state of transition where we've just been pivoting and pivoting and trying to make sure that we can continue to provide opportunities to connect our farmer members with their customers. Um, And so most of last year, we operated local food pickups out at the Alliant Energy Center, which were a pre-order drive-through model. Um, We did also have a more traditional farmer's market towards the end of last summer. We've continued the local food pickups throughout the winter months, and now we're excited to be looking ahead to our outdoor season once again. Yeah, so going off of that, for this year, it kind of sounds like you're as hopeful as possible when it gets to going back to the square, but you are still going to do those local food pickups. Well, so we have made announcements regarding our plan for the beginning of the 2021 outdoor season. And we will be kicking off our 2021 outdoor season at the Alliant Energy Center again. And we are going to be continuing our pre-order drive-through local food pickup on Wednesdays. Um, Our Saturday market is going to be just a traditional, like, walk-up farmer's market on Saturdays at the Alliant Energy Center. And we are... um, you know, very excited to continue to partner with the Alliant, but like so many other people, we are also very eager to get back to the Capitol Square. And at this point in time, we still don't know exactly when we will be able to return to the square, but we are feeling very confident that it will be sometime during this 2021 outdoor season. You must feel pretty confident about getting back to the square just based on the fact that you're saying it publicly because you don't want to get people's hopes up if you really don't feel that way. Yes. We are feeling good about it. I think just kind of the general trajectory of the pandemic and the success of the vaccinations um, as a society, we are definitely inching closer to that time when we will be able to return to the square. But we don't know exactly when it will be. So we're very happy that we have this home away from home at the Alliant Energy Center where we can continue to offer um, both the pre-order drive through and a traditional farmer's market while we are figuring out when we can return to the square. Well, boy, I sure hope that you guys are able to get back to the square because it's always so much fun to go down there and check out what every single producer is offering. That is Sarah Elliott. She is the market manager of the Dane County Farmer's Market. They have announced their plans for 2021, which starts off with a local food pickup and hopefully segues into getting back near the Capitol. We've still got quite a bit ahead for you on the show. Pam Yonke is going to be joining us momentarily, and she's going to be catching up with our good friends at the Wisconsin Beef Council for our monthly checkoff chat. And also, we're going to be getting a market update 
from yours truly in just a few minutes, seeing how things are looking at the Chicago Board of Trade. And then one more quick thing to note, today is Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation's Ag Day at the Capitol. It's obviously happening virtually, but we'll keep you updated on that and have a report for you on how it went tomorrow morning right here on the Midwest Farm Report. From the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, I'm Josh Scramlin. Wondering where you can hear how milk contracts are doing at this time of day? Wonder no more. The Midwest Farm Report will be back with a market update in just moments. Compere Financial helped us get into our forever home. They helped me expand more than acreage. And helped our dairy grow for the next generation. At Compere Financial, we see potential in every plan. Our focus on exceptional client experience is at the heart of everything we do, and our financial team will help make every step easy and convenient. See why our clients trust us to make their goals possible. Compere Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. And MLS number 619731, copyright 2021, all rights reserved. We're on mutual insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. You're grateful for all the ways technology can connect us. Unfortunately, there are online scammers who want to take advantage. Malicious viruses, phishing scams, and identity theft are more prevalent than ever. That's why Rural Mutual includes cybersecurity protection as an option on every policy. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's the grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for money-saving member benefits, like savings on select John Deere equipment and more. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Attorney Advisement from Longo Legal PLLC. Attention farmers. Recent studies have linked the commercial herbicide Paraquat with a significant increase in Parkinson's disease. If you or a loved one were exposed to Gramoxone or any other Paraquat-containing herbicides at work or on a farm and then developed Parkinson's disease, you may be entitled to financial compensation and you have the right to take action. Call Longo Legal today for a free consultation. 844-900-DRUG. That's 844-900-DRUG. Non-attorney spokesperson. When asked to name his favorite family members, he asks if the animals in the barn count. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Josh Scramlin. Let's take a look at your opening markets from Chicago. All the grains are opening in the green as May corn is up two and a quarter at five fifty-one and a quarter. And December corn is at four sixty-nine and three quarters of a cent. That is up one and three quarters of a penny. Cash beans are up five and three quarters of a penny at fourteen twenty-three and a quarter. And new crop beans are at twelve twenty-three and a half. That is up seven and a half cents. May wheat is up seven and a half cents as well at six thirty-four and three quarters of a penny. And September wheat is up five and a half cents at six twenty-four and a quarter. As for milk, April milk is down nine cents at sixteen seventy-three, and May milk is down eight cents at seventeen forty-eight. Don't go anywhere. The Wisconsin Beef Council stops by the studio in just a moment, right here on the Midwest Farm Report. My part-time service in the Army National Guard makes it possible for me to be more for the community I call home. My training helps me at work when I lead by example. My service in the Army National Guard allows me to keep my community and those I care about safe from threats. Learn more about how you, too, can live and serve part-time close to home by visiting NationalGuard.com. 
Sponsored by the Wisconsin Army National Guard. Aired by the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association and this station. Since 1995, the global positioning system, or GPS, developed by the U.S. military, Here we go. has been operational for civilian use. Please proceed to the highlight Today, the men and women of the Air Force Reserve continue their vital mission, guiding you safely on your way while protecting the freedoms we all enjoy. The United States Air Force Reserve, guiding and protecting America. Delectable understands how hard it is to have the kids at home, to work from home, plus cook and do dishes. Check out the delicious options for your whole family, available Tuesday through Saturday for curbside pickup. Visit Delectable.com to choose from this week's selection of chef-inspired entrees everyone in the family will simply love. Be sure and check out their virtual culinary dinner theater options for a truly special date night. What's for dinner? Delectable.com. Shopping for that special someone can be hard. You want to make sure that gift is perfect. Jewelry is always a great go-to because it lasts forever. Place to go? Goodman's Jewelers. They have the best prices, something for every budget. They have incredible quality jewelry, one-of-a-kind pieces, diamonds, engagement rings, traditional and modern styles, and you can customize your own. Something for a Badger Packer fan? Goodman's Jewelers has it. A true icon in Madison, the city's oldest full-service jewelry store, is your family. Goodman's Jewelers. Roses are red, violets are blue, and you bet she'll be talking farming with you. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Time again for Checkoff Chat here on the show, brought to you courtesy of the Wisconsin Beef Council. Remember, beeftips.com, and of course, our friends at the Equity Livestock Cooperative. Remember, go to equitycoop.com for all your livestock marketing needs. And catching up with Angie Horkin today, communication specialist with the Wisconsin Beef Council, to talk a little bit about what you've been doing. You know, again, we've, we've focused in on it before, and if anybody caught any of our videos on Facebook, we've been involved in trying to reach that consumer in this COVID world using virtual technology. Now, you just got done with a special outreach effort for consumers specific around St. Patty's Day. Yeah, um, we are going to host our first ever virtual cooking class. Um, I feel like we're kind of behind in that. We've been living like this for a year, but we're going to try it. And we actually just advertised it a week and a week and a half ago, and we have 45 consumers signed up just right off the bat for our first one. So we're going to, um, they're going to zoom in with us. Um, we're going to be able to see them on our computer screen. They're going to be cooking in their kitchen. Uh, so they all got a recipe list to make a corned beef recipe. We're going to make a rustic corned beef and potato bake. It's a one hour recipe. Um, they're in charge of their grocery shopping and their equipment that they need. And then, yeah, we'll, we'll spend one hour with them. Virtually. (laughs) Have you noticed, is it all Wisconsin, or are you getting... interested parties from outside the state. We have a couple people from outside the state. So we we promoted this through our consumer e-newsletter that goes out once a month, um, which we have, I sent it to 2,500 emails, those really active with that consumer newsletter. Um, but we got uh, some folks from Arizona. We got some Wisconsin folks, but they're going to dial in from Florida. <laughs> and then we do have some from Wisconsin, uh, California. But I think that's a familiar name. I think we got some Wisconsin folks out there in California following our e-newsletter and then of course we promoted it on our facebook page our instagram page that that free social um 
social message. Are you going to archive it so if people want to take a look at it later, Angie? Yeah, we might. We might. So watch our Facebook page, our Wisconsin Beef Council on Facebook, and uh, it might be archived, so you can definitely check it out and see how you can make your own rustic corned beef and potato bake. Um, Just in time for St. Patty's Day. Let's talk a little bit about what we're focused in on here, that virtual world, and how everybody has ended up using a lot of different tools to keep their message in front of today's consumers, in front of today's producers. Tell me a little bit about the way that the Wisconsin Beef Council has tried to reach consumers, not just the producers and their checkoff dollars so they know what's going on there, but help us understand what you've been doing to reach consumers. Exactly. And you know, it is important for us to tell producers how we are doing that because they are not our target demographic audience. So they probably more than likely don't see what we're doing. And that's for a reason. Um, That's why I'm here telling you them right now what we do, Um, because our target demographic is that millennial. So we call them an older millennial parent. So we want 22 year old, two years old, out of college, buying their first house, living on their own, getting married, having babies, um, grocery shopping and teaching, you know, we want to teach them how to feed their family and their kids, that next generation, 22 years old, up to 35. Um, So that's really who we're marketing to. So we're on YouTube with videos. I mean, last year we had 605,000 video views um, between YouTube and our social platforms. So reaching them that way. Google search. So when you go to the internet and you're just on your you know, homepage and you type in the search button, um, I want a beef stroganoff recipe or even a chicken stew or any kind of like cooking, something like that. You'll see what those websites are that pop up first, usually are paid to pop up first. And so we are in that element. We're out in that space too, along with beef, it's what's for dinner. Um, so that way, we, hey, you know what? Maybe not chicken stew. Maybe I'll make a beef stew because here's Wisconsin Beef Council's website. That's called paid Google search. So we're there. We've also um, dabbled into paid social posts. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, maybe it's not an organic reach that somebody's seeing our our message, but we're paying for that, and they're in our target demographic. Um, and then also, too, working with our Wisconsin food bloggers, like we did the Roast and Toast in December, but you know, paying them to be out there in that virtual space and reach their following, those people that don't follow Wisconsin Beef Council, with beef messages and beef recipes. You know, and it's crazy how quick those numbers grow and how big those numbers get when you look at using those kinds of tools. What kinds of campaign success have you seen? Well, for fiscal year 2020, because now we're in 2021, we reached, uh, well, we had four, over 4 million impressions. So that's quite a few. You know, you think of Wisconsin's population, what, 5.5 million or something? So 4 million total advertising impressions highlighting the beef's taste message, our people message, so getting the producers out there in front of consumers, and then, of course, the protein, so nutrition messages, all three of those platforms. And like I said, we received over 605,000 video views for the year, 645,700 engagements. So actually someone seeing the message and engaging with it, so taking that next step. And then 32,500 clicks through two 
a checkoff website. So either be it Wisconsin Beef Council's website, the national website, um, some other website, a blogger's website for that recipe. You know, 32,500 clicks. So people are seeing the message, they're cooking on it, we're hitting them when we should be, and they're they're taking that next step to find that recipe and then head to the supermarket right. or the meat market to buy beef. Yeah, and that's the next step is obviously those clicks turn into sales at the grocery store. So that's the other good thing. What else are we learning? Well, so, and then we're, you know, seeing with our, our paid social posts, so mainly Facebook and Pinterest, two, we reached 208,000 people with those. Now, or, organically, we reached 23,000, so you add those together, it's even better. And we received over 520,000 impressions just on social media alone. So Facebook, Pinterest thrown in there, the YouTube thrown in there, Twitter, we're on Twitter. So all of that virtual social space where the millennials are, half a million impressions. Well, and we're not saying anything about the money spent. I mean, those impressions, those tools are literally pennies compared to, uh, shall we say, traditional. The traditional media, right, like we still do have people ask if we're on TV. (laughs) It's been a couple years since the checkout's been on TV. But you're looking at one cent for some of this, these impressions on these platforms, even less than that. Uh, So for us to effectively reach our consumer now in Wisconsin um, with our checkoff dollars, the checkoff has not increased since 1986. And the cost of everything else has everybody i don't have to tell you that so this is where we got to be to effectively reach who we need to you know and everybody says well now what about when things come back online what about shows and events it's not like you're going to discontinue your presence at shows and events not at all and we well actually we stepped away from some consumer in-person events four or five years ago um we still do a handful but you know effectively for us to reach consumers, it's just smart to be doing it the way we are now. But when we get back to normal, we're going to be hitting all of our producer events for sure. So we can still see our producers and talk to them face to face because that's that's really what we want and they want to. Angie Horkin, along with us, communication specialist with the Wisconsin Beef Council. And like she said, if you have not checked out all of their social media streams and how they're reaching today's consumer, like she said, that 22 to 35-year-old buyer, then take a look. YouTube, Pinterest, Twitter, Facebook, their website, beeftips.com, will share that message uh, in all kinds of different forms and help you stay engaged with the process. And like I said, keep uh, checking back because they're always adding new information. Yes, and two follow us on those platforms whatever platform you're on follow us um, on Facebook and share what we post because that's really really how we can blow up our engagement is those shares so take a second go to your favorite platform whatever you're on find us like us follow us and watch for our posts because everything we post is made to be shared mm-hmm. so um, that that would be the most help And obviously, if you like them, if you follow them, then you'll also be alerted when something new ends up on their site. Wisconsin Beef Council and your beef checkoff dollars at work this way through social media and uh, different types of platforms that you may or may not have noticed them on. But now take a look around this checkoff chat brought to you courtesy of your beef checkoff dollars. And of course, partnered with the Equity Livestock Sales Cooperative, equitycooperative.com for all your livestock marketing needs. And of course, our friends at the Wisconsin Beef Council, beeftips.com, Wisconsin Beef Council on Facebook. 
This is...